The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Come. Welcome home, Mr. Data. Well done. Thank you, sir. Good doctor was kind enough to provide me with a recording of your concert. Your performance shows feeling. As I have recently reminded others, sir, I have no feeling. It's hard to believe. The playing is quite beautiful. Strictly speaking, sir, it is not my playing. It is a precise imitation of the techniques of Yasha Heifetz and Trenka Bronken. Is there nothing of data in what I'm hearing? You see, you chose the violinist. Heifetz and Bronken have radically different styles, different techniques, and yet you combine them successfully. I suppose I have learned to be creative, sir, when necessary. Mr. Data, I look forward to your next concert. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, January the 3rd, 2019. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be Welcome to part two of our holiday musical interlude. Last week's theme was on a personal note, pretty much a brief summary of how I personally ended up learning how to play the piano, and of course, how I ended up getting an electronic keyboard about which I had some very mixed feelings. Not so unlike those expressed in our show opener today by Data. (laughs) It's all for fun and diversion, and this week it'll be a little less talk and more musical selections from yours truly. Grandkids William and Arika will again join me briefly, and we'll end today's show on a note (laughs) that you shall not soon forget. All that begins right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org. Subscribe to Just Right on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud. Hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Visit us at www.justrightmedia.org where you can access all of Just Right's social media links and, of course, all of our archived broadcasts. Now, one of the things that surprised me when I first listened to recordings of my own music was that I reacted to it no differently than if it was somebody else's music. You know, very objectively subjective, if I can use that term. I mean, that really surprised me. And there are times that I actually like listening to my own music, and there are times when I can't stand listening to it, which, of course, speaks to the whole emotional element involved in experiencing music. Fact is, if you're not in the mood to listen to music, well, you're just not in the mood. But sometimes, just hearing a tune can actually put you in the mood. Now, there's no question that my tastes in music are rather eclectic, and that because of the huge differences in type and mood and tone between differing songs, I'm often not in a mood to listen to all of my favorite picks at the same time. I might choose some over others. And, of course, there are other times 
where I can repeatedly listen to a certain selection of my own stuff, particularly as my own compositions become more familiar to me, because familiarity breeds content. <laughs> now, the one thing about a keyboard that I always find inspiring in terms of my attempting completely different types of instrumentals is the rhythm and drums. Way better than the metronome that comes with your standard piano setup, you know what I mean? <laughs> Rhythms and beats, for some reasons, are capable of inspiring me to try completely out-of-character compositions, far removed from anything I might ever come up with just playing piano solos. And I've learned a lot of other really creepy and strange things about myself and how my mind works from playing musical instruments. I'll be kicking off today with two songs back-to-back -back that couldn't possibly be more different from each other. So my apologies for jerking your mood meter around so extremely, but hey, it's my show and it's my music. The second piece you'll hear is a piano solo, one I've been playing for years, but it's really meant to be played on a real grand piano where every note can be properly savored, a pleasure I occasionally have when I visit my sister Liz, who has a grand piano. And I once also got to play it on a grand piano up at Western University when I was registrar for a conference event up there in 2000. People in the room seemed to like my stuff. For some reason, though, I didn't really like the sound of it when I chose the grand piano option on my own keyboard. But I did find a reasonably good copy of that tune in my recorded archive, played on piano, but not on a grand piano. And that's the one I'll be sharing with you, and it's called Lost at Sea. And C is spelt simply with the letter C, even though it's meant to invoke a sense of being on the water, which is always what I sort of envisage when playing it. It's also called Lost at Sea because it's played in C minor. But first, if you want any proof that what looks like a piano keyboard is not necessarily so, as we discussed last week, then this selection, which I call assimilation, will be a demonstration of that reality. I actually got to bang on my keyboard drums with this one, all while experimenting with different electronic sounds and synthesizers.
Captain. Doctor. I am honored by your presence, but may I suggest you attend the second concert? Why, Dana? Ensign Ortiz will perform the violin part. My rendition will be less enjoyable. Oh? Although I am technically proficient, according to my fellow performers, I lack... soul. Data, telling us why you're going to fail before you make the attempt is never wise. Imagine that each of these levels of existence, the way I just laid them out, are like patterns. They're patterns within patterns within patterns within patterns, and there's a way of making all that harmonious. That's what music models. That's why music is so meaningful. You know, you, you take a beautiful orchestral composition, and all the instruments are doing different things at different levels, but they all flow together harmoniously, and you're right in the middle of that as a listener, and it fills you with a sense of, it's almost like a sense of religious awe, even if you're a punk rock nihilist, you know? And the reason for that is because the music is modeling the manner of being that's harmonious. It's the proper way to exist. I'm a little Mr. Spout. I'm gonna fall. I have a glass of milk and I say that I'm gonna put the cookie in the milk also. The humans love the cookie before the milk then you know, I think the cookie got the better of her there. Funny thing, despite all my quote-unquote musical education to this day i still can't just sit down and read music in the sense of putting a sheet of music in front of me and then simply playing it but what i can do is decipher music and then eventually memorize the tune after which i have no problem playing it and another interesting phenomenon i ran into that really i have known about for a long time this this precedes my keyboard days and that is that I discovered that I had a 48-hour learning curve before I could actually play a tune properly. And, it, and that applied whether I was learning someone else's song or whether it was my own composition. For the first 48 hours, no matter how many times I tried, I would always screw up the song. I'd make errors and everything. But after 48 hours, it suddenly, I could sit down and play it. Now here's the really weird thing about it. I didn't have to practice in that 48-hour period. If I just learned it once on, say, day one, I could wait 48 hours and still have it sort of, you know, permeate in my mind or percolate in my mind <laughs> and then come back and sit down and I would play it almost perfectly. But I always had to wait that 48-hour period. I don't know what that's about. I've heard a similar phenomenon 
expressed by some people in sports who say when they're practicing, like a basketball player practicing uh, getting the ball in the hoop, he can actually practice in his mind over a period of time once he learns certain moves. Robert Vaughn and I had an interesting conversation just before my recording of this show, and it had to do with the nature of music being part of aesthetics and why it is first evaluated by the, by the emotions. And we made an observation that sort of fed right into that whole idea. After all, when music is played, it is fleeting. A note once played no longer sits on the table or remains a visible phenomenon in front of you to continue experiencing. So unlike theater or even plays or TV and movies, where there is a story that can instantly be retained on the first viewing and experience, music is a little bit different. It has to actually be experienced to be enjoyed as intended. You have to hear it at the time it is actually being played or performed. And I think that's a large part of the fact why it's such an immediate emotional reaction to it. Now this next selection I call Road Trip on Cruise Control because it's one of many versions of what I call my road trip songs that are all done to the same basic beat and accompaniment. And this is a shorter version of another similar tune that I've called Road Trip with a Minor Deviation, which you can download from Just Right Sight along with this version by clicking on the bonus link associated with this episode's online blog post. So here's this version, Road Trip on Cruise Control.
challenge him with, dear. He won't play anything by Alice Cooper. <laughs> That's because I play piano. Alice Cooper just beats on the keys with a dead snake. <laughs> but at least he shows feeling. Are you two gonna start this again? I am a musician. I sell violins and, and I sell cellos. They're classics. That's food for the spirit and a feast for the soul. While you pedal... Junk food. <laughs> I think that everybody likes cartoons. That's what I think. I think America can unify around liking cartoons. Our country used to be a lot more literate with regard to classical music particularly. My kids know some classical music specifically because they have watched some of the old timey cartoons. Now, a lot of people look at these cartoons like, those cartoons are violent. Those cartoons are violent. If you really, th again, connecting speech to violence. If you really think watching Tom and Jerry clobber each other is what leads to people raping people or shooting people, you're out of your mind. My kids watch these cartoons, and you know what they don't do? Slam the piano on each other's hands. Okay, here is, th this cartoon actually won an Oscar. It's called The Cat Concerto, and what you're going to hear is Tom, uh, Tom's the cat, Jerry's the mouse. Uh, Tom is going to be playing Hungarian Rhapsody Number no. 2 by Liszt. Here's a little bit of this cartoon, which is just hilarious. So this is great, this isn't the only cartoon of this era that used classical music. There are a bunch of Bugs Bunny cartoons that use classical music, particularly the Barber of Seville. There's a very famous one. Uh, there is a, um, there's a very famous one of Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd doing a, a Wagner opera, uh, which, is, which is pretty great. Uh, there's one of Bugs Bunny as Leopold Stokowski, the famous conductor. It used to be that people actually were cultured. You know, this is one of the great lies that was told in the 1950s about the United States is that America was hollowing out, our soul was gone, we were a bunch of consumerists. The fact is, more Americans attended classical concerts during like 1954 than attended baseball games. Americans were going to, uh, Americans were, were actually, they were, they were actually seeking to educate themselves in new and interesting ways. And the availability of, of new means of listening to music like this was one of the reasons for that. So worth checking out. And yes, you can show it to your small children and they won't hit each other with pianos. It's okay. This is how I fix the child. This is what I do. Do, do, do. This is what I do. This is what I do. I put my hand to my toes. I take a walk stop. And if you do, you will get a trophy Just pretend that this is what we do <laughs> This is what we do Copyright Just Right Media You heard it here first And you are listening to Just Right Broadcasting around the world and online it is thanks to our financial supporters that it is possible for us to continue on our journey in the right direction and to share our programming with you. Visit www.justrightmedia.org or go directly to paypal.me 
slash justrightmedia to offer your financial support. And while you're there, be sure to sample our archive broadcasts featuring an array of timeless discussions of all things just right about freedom and capitalism. Now this next selection that you're about to hear is radically different from any of the other instrumentals you've heard sampled on our two holiday broadcasts, or in fact from any other of my compositions, even though it might not sound so on first listening. But if I were to pick any single composition I've played to represent my theme of, quote, being instrumental in my own construction, it is this one. Originally I called it, Who's Pulling the Strings? But then I just left it as pulling the strings. Because as of this broadcast, this is my one and only ever double track. <laughs> and it's only partially double tracked. And with the exception of the light rhythm and beat, which is generated by the keyboard itself, as usual, every instrument you'll hear in this arrangement is played and generated by yours truly. In other words, in answering the question, who's pulling the strings, the answer is me. And because each instrument I chose was a quote-unquote string instrument, the song title reflects that choice. So here it is. On bass guitar, Bob Metz. On lead guitar, Bob Metz. On the Arabian strings, Bob Metz. And on acoustic guitar, Bob Metz. Again, I call it pulling the strings.
What instrument do you play? Instrument? Do you play the sousaphone? No, uh, I can play a piano. That ain't no instrument for a marching band. Piano's the only instrument you play, huh? No, I play a little guitar. Be at band practice tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. We'll see if we can make a firefighter out of you. <laughs> Ralph is playing a cymbal right in my ear. A little more arpeggio, Ralph. <laughs> Candidate Douglas, what were you playing? When? When the rest of them were going da 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 da. <laughs> Could I move somewhere else? No, we got you placed acoustically. Now let's practice the marching formation. Now in this formation, the band will form a fire helmet. On hearing my whistle, start marching. Hold it, hold it. Now the top part of the helmet's okay, but the brim needs a little work. Now let's line up and try it again. Uh, Mrs. Bradley, it, it's very kind of you to give me cooking lessons while the band is rehearsing. Oh, that's all right. Keeps my mind off the music. <laughs> Life is a Daily Epiphany. And that's also the title of our final and closing musical selection of our two-part holiday special. It was with the recording of this piece that I really came to terms with both the musical opportunities and the limitations presented by my particular keyboard. It took me a while, but I finally reached my own epiphany about musical keyboards once I accepted the law of identity as it relates to keyboards. A keyboard is not just a piano, nor do the additional options it offers constitute something that cannot be legitimately considered creative. You play the cards as they are dealt to you, and just as in life, you dance to your own drummer and play your own tune. The following piece was probably my most difficult and frustrating recording of them all. The version you're about to hear was my 22nd consecutive attempt to get through the piece without screwing it up somewhere, but I finally made it. It's called Epiphany.
Tell me one more thing about music that you like. Come over here. That the music is so glad everybody delights it. Then make a new one if you want to. You can make your own music, huh? You can make your own music. Let me show you some music. <laughs> Never let it be said that the national identity of this or any other country is in jeopardy, which will certainly continue to be a topic of hot discussion for us on the show as the new year gets underway. So, join us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. To black and white Under the bedclothes Everything will be alright Bum 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 Rum bum 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 Rum bum 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 Incredible! Yes, sir, Commandant. How well they play these prisoners. Would you believe it? This is their first rehearsal. <laughs> they must be trained musicians, sir, Commandant. They play Wagner like Germans. <laughs> you know, Helga, you know that the whole of our beautiful national soul, our culture, is expressed in the ride of the Valkyries. As a warrior, you must feel it deeply. I do. <laughs> Perhaps someday, as a fallen hero, I shall be carried off to Valhalla across the saddle of a beautiful German war maiden. Such as you, my dear Helga. <laughs> Are you volunteering for active duty, Herr Commandant? Be quiet and listen to the music. 